Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. It is January 2nd, first episode of the new year. TJ Pittenger, Richie Barnes back with you guys again. Richie, happy new year. How are you? How was your new year's? Lay it on us. I'm doing okay, TJ. Um, I had a big new year's eve weekend planned. I was ready to play golf. Uh, really nice course in celebration, Florida here. Friday morning, we're going to go downtown, visit some friends, catch the fireworks down there. And then Omicron decided to come visit the house. Uh, the wife mm, had a the house barn. <laughs> yeah, they, they had a big outbreak at her job. So she started having symptoms Monday or Tuesday. Um, then Wednesday night, I got a fever, started to, to feel it a little bit. Thursday morning, woke up not feeling great at all. So I'm like, all right, we're going to get tested. Um, all of the test sites in Orange County here were seven, eight hour waits. So we just went to a True. private lab, paid 150 each just to get the COVID test. Um, hers came back positive. Mine was negative actually. Uh, but I knew I had it right. So I, I call it my director of nursing at the hospital. Luckily I, I have those contacts. I'm like, Hey, this is what's going on. She's like, you're positive. It's just going to take another day or two. Um, so I got a, uh, at home test kit from the hospital. Um, luckily there's some scumbags sell them for like $200 on Craigslist. Don't be that guy. People. Um, are they yeah, sold test- out in like the local Walgreens and stuff? Yeah. It, it's central oh, Florida. Wow. It's I just got one right like now. two weeks ago. Yeah, I did two before Thanksgiving, and it, yeah. now they're impossible to find. Uh, but yesterday I took the test, and it in positive. So the good news, I feel pretty good still. Uh, the worst was uh, about 24, 36 hours of fever. Um, still a little congested, had some really bad body aches. But yeah, it was only about a 40 hours of, of, you know, I wouldn't call them severe, but symptoms that really, you know, had me down a little bit. But the good news, we actually got to do some home projects, hung a projector out in the patio, I um, saw pretty that. excited oh, to good. yeah pretty excited got to watch the playoff games out there during that so we, we didn't waste it just laying in bed we stayed productive but i'm uh, i'm locked in this house for till at least tuesday probably wednesday um so good news no work bad news i'm stuck here and i'm gonna lose my mind if i can't leave this house eventually um <laughs> how was your new year's tj a little different than that <laughs> i we talked about i think like two or three weeks ago maybe maybe it's been a month i don't even know how long it's been yeah, it was the beginning of December. So uh, I had the flu and I even I got the flu on Friday, felt pretty bad Friday and Saturday. I watched the Army Navy game from bed and just didn't didn't do much of anything that weekend. And then I did the I did the podcast with the flu that Sunday morning and then like afterwards went back for like a two hour nap and I'm like you couldn't see it, but like I'm sweating everywhere and everything. So hopefully you're feeling a little bit better than that. But I just wanna commend both of us for uh getting the flu and COVID and everything else and still just trucking right along with this podcast. So yeah, the um, funny, funniest thing is that my wife, she's Googling frantically searching. I'm like, what are you looking up? She's like, I just want to make sure we can't give it to the dog. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Goodness gracious. I know where the dog uh, ranks in your house just from several oh, yeah. conversations he, and things we've talked yeah, about. He, he's above me. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, our new year's was good. We, um, you know, pretty easy work week. Um, I, you know, work Tuesday, Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, pretty light week though. Like everyone was out. So wasn't a lot to do. Um, and then, uh, Friday, oh, Friday was new year's Eve. Wasn't it? Yeah. So Thursday we had, um, Allie who I do the pizza pit show with, we had her and her family over to just watch some football. I made some ribs. 
Um, so those were really, really good. We went over to her house. We went back over to her house. She lives like six minutes from us. Um, for New Year's Eve, we watched the playoff games. Um, Eric, uh, who for those who don't know, he punted at UF. Um, he did the sous vide. He did the sous vide like you do. Um, made some incredible fillets. Really, really good on New Year's Eve. Watched the games, of course. And then yesterday, just kind of like hung out and uh, enjoyed the enjoy the day off i'm off tomorrow too so i know that you, you know you're off for covid for a few days but i'm off tomorrow too so it's like a great four-day weekend um with you know friday saturday sunday monday off and then we'll get back after it on tuesday but uh yeah nice to have that that day off at, after the uh weekend um so yeah pretty good today started whole 30 day one so uh for those that don't know whole 30 is 30 days of basically everything nothing processed. So no like breads or dairy or sugars or alcohol or anything like that. I am still going to do the bourbon on a budget podcast. So I do get four, four nights off this month. Um, but I can't like keep drinking. Like while I'm on the show, it's like, if we're reviewing something, like I can have like you know, a little bit, but, uh, that was from last night, but, uh, <laughs> can't, uh, can't like keep drinking later and later and later. So anyway, whole 30 day one, I'm suffering too, but, uh, something I will not be having this uh this whole 30 is guthrie's um i'll have to get it on february 1st when we're done with this junk uh we do this every year i the karen i just talked this morning this is our eighth time doing whole 30 it's our seventh january in a row doing it and uh it's a, i was talking with richie beforehand it's a nice cleanse after the holidays it sucks for being like social like i think we're going up to tallahassee the last weekend of january <laughs> we'll have like three days left but we'll be on it while we're up there it makes it hard to go out to eat not impossible but you're basically just like, yeah, can I just get like some chicken and broccoli? And yeah. It reminds like me a of salad with oil and vinegar. <laughs> it reminds me of a couple of years ago when I uh, joined you and uh, Silk and Kevin Newberg at the Pro Bowl at the oh, hospitality that's right. tent. Yeah, it was all you can eat, all you can drink. I, I was having a real good time, and y'all couldn't. I was just looking at it at all. Yeah, it was terrible. So, um, but yeah, so that's that's where we're at. That's what we're doing in this house, but. For those of you not on Whole30, run by Guthrie's, um, Double Fries No Slaw, brought to you by Guthrie's in Tallahassee. Both their locations you can visit at 1818 West Tennessee Street and 2550 North Monroe. Is there something in that orange juice that you just took a sip of? Is that a mimosa or is that? <laughs> no, it's just Oh, no, you're juice. sick. I forgot. It's just straight orange juice. I was like, let's go I, I, I might, with the mimosa. No, I'm, really. I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to pour myself a uh, beer mimosa with a high life for uh, the Bucks game. but uh, Dude, uh, that's the way to be. <laughs> the corona is just to drink it yeah. out of your system like that's exactly. that's definitely the way <laughs> um all right cool uh so visit both their locations we i actually chatted with their uh guy again this last week uh we are going to do a giveaway with them again coming soon so stay tuned for nice. that and check that out if you're in tallahassee um actually if you're at any of the guthries like it it will we'll make it we'll we'll, we'll hook you up one way or the other i know most of you're gonna be at the tallahassee one um all right, let's jump into it. Florida State with uh, this won't this may not be super long, but uh, Florida State has some news kind of going around with it. A lot of it focused on the portal. Um, guys committing, guys we're targeting, guys we're looking at. So we'll kind of start with that. We'll start with some portal news, Richie. We'll get into some um, news about a couple of FSU commits and signees from this past signing period. And then kind of go around the horn. Florida State basketball returned after a pretty long layoff. Talk a little playoff action. Um, and uh, and maybe go around the horn just a tad and then get out of here. So um, first up, portal news. Florida State's been pretty active in the transfer portal. We talked about this. Um, 
and we've, you know, kind of made it a, a pretty big deal. Florida State did not hit on all of their needs on signing day, really weren't even close. And, uh, we, you know, we've been doing the FSU spaces a ton. Shout out to anybody that's in here, you know, that, that is joining us daily for those spaces. I know that Harlan jumps in at times. Richie's there like every day. So shout out, Richie. Um, but uh, at this point, Florida State needs guys that can come in. And Josh has said this. I don't mean to just steal his thunder, but Newberger said this. Florida State needs guys that can come in and be instant impact guys. And there really just aren't a lot of instant impact guys that are out there in the transfer portal. I'm sorry, that are out there in the recruiting ranks as far as high school goes. Uh, if you're taking a high school kid at this point, probably a project. And there's some still, there's some high star kids still out there, but they're just not guys that Florida State's in on. And so looking for guys that can come in and make an immediate difference. And they um, found a couple over the last week. Uh, one greedy Vance, a Louisville defensive back committed to FSU. Um, Coach Woodson had committed, had recruited him at Auburn. Um, Thoughts on Greedy Vance coming in? Yeah, I think it's a, a good move. It's, you know, building the depth. You know, we have a lot of defensive backs, obviously, on the roster already. But, you know, it, they've kind of been an underperforming unit based on their recruiting rankings the past few years. So I'm excited to bring someone in. You know, he's from Florida. Um, I think at Auburn, there was a numbers situation where he just kind of was the last guy out. So ended up at Louisville. Levy has, uh, you know, six, like six to 800 career snaps already. So you got a guy that's experienced that knows the league. Um, he's played in the ACC Atlantic. So I think that's a big bonus. Um, and, uh, you know, again, it's if he's not an instant impact guy, that means he pushed other guys to kind of stay ahead of him. So I, I think it's a good take. Um, I don't know if we'll go for any more defensive backs, but I, it's certainly a good one. It's a guy that was a contributor on a team that beat you uh, this year that kind of was on the verge of blowing you out. So um, anyone you can take from a team that beats you that contributed to that, uh, I'm all for it, man. Yeah, I think that this is a, a good pickup for Florida State. I don't know that he necessarily comes in and just, you know, is the, you know, the, you know, the defensive back that likes to roll on fire or anything like that, or he's the number one DB. But in a, in a position group where you did miss out on your biggest target of the offseason and some, you know, in, in a position group that, you know, Josh talks about this often on the spaces, Florida State fans think that, because a couple of young guys showed flashes toward the end of last year that our defensive back problems are all of a sudden just solved. Um, you know, not necessarily the case. Need as much depth there as you can possibly get. I do expect him to come in and get quite a few reps, whether he starts or not. You know, I'm, I think that's, you know, a little tough to predict uh, here in, on the first Sunday in January when we don't play until – is it late August? Do we play at the yeah, very late, end of August? August. I think. Yeah, we got that's Duquesne on August twenty seventh. Yep, mm, that's gonna be great for uh, Elena's birthday party. As always, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> uh, my guitar. That it's just always it's something Duquesne. to run Come into. <laughs> yeah, and I like going up for the opener. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, you're right. Um, but anyway, uh, somebody that will make a um, an impact for Florida State in a very needed transfer uh, for sure. A little undersized, but uh, excited to see kind of what he can do. Um, when he gets in, where they put him, see a slot guy, is he in the nickel, you know, where's it all end up shaking out? But I do expect him to make a difference, right? Like I do expect him to be somebody that helps Florida State a ton. Um, and you're not going to hit on everyone in the portal, but if you're taking a guy right now, it's still pretty early as far as 
the portal because uh, we expect, you know, once all these bowl games finish up and especially once spring practice, we're going to see a lot more players flood the portal. So for the coaches to take him this early, they must feel, feel confident that he is going to contribute to the team. Um, another transfer that Florida State landed uh, on New Year's Eve. Uh, well, New Year's Day, I guess, yeah. right? Right at midnight. Um, there was a lot of smoke around this commitment. There was a lot of people that kind of thought that this would be somebody that Florida State would go after. Um, had a really good chance of landing. Were you awake? Did you stay up till midnight? I did actually. Yeah, we stayed up. Yeah. Um, watched the My ball man. drop. Yeah, most years there was we good don't games make on it. too. There were there were there was a good game on like pretty close up until midnight, right? Like the yeah. well, I guess that game ended at like ten, so maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> I lied. Literally. I was proud of ourselves. We made it up, so that's good. So I felt good about Deuce Band the entire time until, yeah. like he said, like I'm committing at midnight, and then I was like, yeah. <laughs> It's just like all the flashbacks from signing day, you know, jump in your head and you're just like, oh no, please do not blow this one. Please sign this kid. And so ended up committing to Florida State. I actually sent a couple of texts and guys were like, no, no, I'm, I'm not worried at all. Like this is, this is happening. And so he ends up committing to Florida State at midnight. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, all of the, you know, 247, everybody had their, their good puns ready for, you know, midnight fireworks for the Knolls and things like that. But that was a lot of fun. Um, a third wide receiver target. I don't think Florida State is – they might be done, but, you know, looking at one other um, potential wide receiver uh, transfer as well. Um, but that room, that wide receiver room looks completely different. Uh, Deuce Span out of Illinois, big play potential for sure, a lot of size and speed. And so thoughts on him uh, coming in and Florida State really being heavy in that wide receiver room. Yeah, and they had to be, right? You, they didn't sign a single um, wide receiver in the class, losing Mortimer at the last minute. Um, they've done a good job. You know, Johnny Wilson, Micah Pittman, now do span. I, I like him. He, he's a good athletic kid, a Florida native. Um, really excited to see how they use him. I, I was reading the 247 Commitment article, and he even mentioned that the staff, when they were making their pitch, said they're, they're going to use Matt quarterback in some packages. Um, he was a dual-threat quarterback coming out of high school and went to Illinois as a quarterback, switched to receiver, um, yeah, man, it's, he's a good athletic guy and, uh, you know, you got three transfers that are, you know, ready to come contribute right away. So it, I think that's gonna be extremely helpful because, uh, you know, wide receiver outside of Tamari and Terry hasn't been great in, in several years. Um, yeah. he, even he, he was kind of a one trick pony. So, uh, again, just bring in competition, right? Maybe the guys on the roster before these transfers were, were ready to take that next step, but now they're going to have to take it. Um, Yes, Van, just a, a really intriguing prospect. Uh, you know, he was looking at South Carolina, Houston, Utah, some other schools like that. Um, and Florida State was able to get him. So I think it's a good addition and, and much needed because, again, Jordan Travis made some strides, but let's not pretend his receivers helped him out much at all this year. So definitely looking forward to see how they contribute and what it does for Jordan Travis as he continues his development as a quarterback. All I'm wanting is for David Hale to not um... – to not uh, rank us 14 out of 14. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and be right about in, it. Too. In the ACC. <laughs> yeah. In wide receiver. Now, wide receiver stepped up and made some big plays this year. A lot of that was schemed up. But, you know, Partridge made a big play against Miami. You know, we made some big plays. Yeah. But I do think that this is going to open up a really, really healthy competition. Nobody, I don't think anybody that's transferred in is just like an automatic one, like where no. you're, you're saying, like, oh, this guy is the guy and everybody else behind him. 
But you got a lot of guys that have a ton of potential, and you can kind of see if you just get more options and you kind of like raise the floor a little bit, and then everybody kind of starts competing a little bit more. I'm excited to see what that wide receiver room looks like. I think we've finally gotten the offensive line in a place where we feel somewhat comfortable with it. I mean, obviously with Gibbons and um, you think about, uh, oh man, kid from Wisconsin. Um, Caden Lyles, yeah. Caden Lyles that came in. Some other guys that have just played a few years now. I think that, you know, our offensive line is in a much better spot than what we've been accustomed to and used to. But, um, man, if we can get the wide receiver room going too. Obviously, you've seen Jordan uh, improve. The running back room has come along. There's been good development there. I know you're losing Corbin. But, yeah, if the wide receiver room can just put it together and make it a lot easier on Travis and the rest of the offense for sure. It's exciting, though, right? Looking at all these new pieces coming in, you know, we saw flashes of what the offense could be, but it was far from consistent. I'm interested. Can this offense become one that can have a 12-play, 75-yard drive that takes seven minutes off the clock? Because, you know, for us, it was either big play or nothing for the majority of the year. But a lot of new pieces. This spring is is going to be really interesting uh, to watch this offense. Yeah, no doubt. No, I think um... – I think that like we've talked about this, you're not going to hit on every single guy that comes and pat, shout out Patrick here. Shout out to the employed um, getting paid to listen to the spaces. If you're not, I mean, most of you listening know this. Most of you, I mean, maybe some of the folks on Facebook or YouTube don't. Um, Harlan actually asked a question. There's a whole bunch of people watching on Twitter as well. Unfortunately, StreamYard and Twitter don't communicate as well as they used to from a functionality standpoint. It had to do with Periscope going away. So we don't get the comments on Twitter. They don't show up on the, on the uh you know on the app that we use and so i can't post your comments if you go watch on facebook which i know you know most of you on twitter hate that app but if you go watch on facebook or youtube you can comment but uh, anyway for those of you who don't know obviously we do those fsu spaces every day and during the week and josh always shout, shouts out the people that get paid to listen to the spaces so if you're getting paid right now to listen to uh double fries no slaw shout out you for getting paid on a sunday and uh obviously not uh not doing what your employer wants you to do. Uh, if you're not familiar with the spaces, again, we do them just about every weekday at noon. You can follow me on Twitter, TJ Pittenger, TJ underscore Pittenger, and I post the link every day at noon. So pretty straightforward there. Um, all right, we've got some other targets we want to talk about really quick. Um, yo, shout out Mike. We, we enjoy doing the spaces. My wife hates that I do them. The first one I ever did, she's like, you're not going to start doing these, are you? And I was like, no, no, of course not. And then we started. Every day. Yeah. I usually do them when the kids are napping, though. So at least she gets that reprieve. Um, She gets away from the kids and away from me for an hour or so. Um, A couple other transfers that we are looking at. Um, You want to take this? You want to take this first one? For transfers looking at who we got. Yeah, Jared Verse. Yeah, Jared Verse, a name that's been floating around for a while um the albany defensive end transfer set to decide soon um and we added a uh, several different writers to our website at doublefriesnoslaw.com so shout out to dane draper one of our writers um he actually caught up with jared verse earlier this year or <laughs> earlier last week and um to get an update and you know he kind of keeps it pretty close to the vest um but he will be deciding very soon and it, it'll be interesting he, a lot of schools want him right now um, Florida State's heavily in the mix on this. Uh, I found it interesting. He did mention that, you know, that name, name, image, and likeness is not going to play a role for him really at all. He said, basically he said, I'm, I'm going to go somewhere producing the money's going to come afterwards. So I love that mentality of this kid. And 
we're just really waiting because, uh, again, it doesn't seem like anybody has a real good inside scoop on what he's doing, but we do expect a decision soon. And it, obviously he's not going to replace the Jermaine Johnson, but it certainly helps that, you know, the losing Johnson and, and Keir Thomas, you, you need to bring someone in and verse is the best defensive end option in the portal right now that a lot of schools are after um, would be a huge pickup for Florida state if they can pull that off. But I'm not sure what you're hearing on, on that recruitment TJ. Yeah. I mean, I think that Florida State's very much in the mix. Uh, when he spoke with Dane, uh, which again, it's Dane underscore Draper. Give him a follow if you're listening to this, if you're watching this. But when he spoke with Dane, he did um, say that he was down to two, three, four schools. Um, just wasn't really announcing a top three or five or anything out of respect for the other schools that had been recruiting him. Um He's not a super flashy kid. It's not super flashy, like making it about himself or anything. So I do like that about the kid. Also not super, um, super, you know, focused about the money or anything like that, which again, if kids chase the bag, that's not, you know, that's totally yeah. fine. But I just like that. He just seems like a, like, I just want to play football. I just want to get better. I know that that stuff will come. I'm not really worried about it. I, I like his mentality. I like his attitude. Hopefully that uh, mentality and attitude ends up in Tallahassee. Um, I, I mean, based on what he told Dane and based on what the guys at Knowles 247 have reported and everything else, I, I do think that uh, he ends up committing somewhere this week. That's kind of the timeline that he set forth um, to everyone he's spoken, um, spoken with. I think that Florida State has a great chance to land him. Uh, Josh has kind of talked about on the spaces that he thinks is between Tennessee and Florida State. Tennessee's a program certainly on the rise. I think Florida State is as well. Um, Tennessee had a little bit better year than we did. I mean, they lost their bowl game, you know, kind of in dramatic fashion and overtime and stuff. And Florida State obviously just slightly missed out on a bowl game. But two programs on the rise. Um, I think that there are certain things that Tennessee can sell that we can't. I think there are certain things that Florida State can sell that they can't, especially Keir Thomas and Jermaine Johnson, who I know he spent some time with uh, – with Jermaine when he was in town speaking with him. So I don't know. I, I, I don't feel confident enough to say, I, I don't think anybody feels confident enough to say like, Oh, I definitely think this is Florida state. There are no crystal ball predictions in for him on Knowles two, four, seven. But I think that um, I think that we have as good of a chance as anybody. I also think the staff feels really, really good. What I, what I've heard is the staff feels really, really good um, about how they've recruited him thinks that they've done everything that they possibly could have to bring him in. Um, I will say they thought that about some other guys in the early signing periods so to take that somewhat with a grain of salt. But if, at the end of the day, if the staff says, Hey, we've, we've done all we can, we've, you know, laid it on the line, you know, it's up to the kid at the end of the day. So uh, no, Jaron Wilford, I am not saying that he's definitely a null, but if he becomes one, then I was saying that. So heard it here uh, first, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm probably going to, I'm not, I'm not sharing that comment. I'm not saying that loud either. Um, another one that we're targeting Tata Bethune linebacker out of UCF. Um, he led UCF in tackles this year. He also led the team in tackles when they played the Gators and upset them in the, uh, in the Gasparilla bowl. So I really need this kid to commit to Florida state. Um, I got a lot of trolls I can get off for this. Just please, Tatum Bethune, um, a linebacker from UCF that just recently entered the portal and has a bunch of ties to FSU. And this was there was there was some smoke around this kid a few days before he entered the portal. There were um, some rumors that he was going to enter the portal and that Florida State would be a big target. Um, 
reached out and got confirmation that if he was to enter the portal, that this would be somebody that Florida State would be going, you know, looking at, trying to court, trying to go after. Um, biggest two ties, you know, he committed to UCF when Randy Shannon was the defensive coordinator. Uh, Randy Shannon, obviously, FSU's linebacker coach now, took over for Marv. And uh, Sabbath Joseph coached him in high school, uh, a defensive analyst now at Florida State. Um, and so some pretty strong ties there. Not to say that, you know, a kid is definitely going to commit just because he's got a couple of ties to school. I know that a lot of people think like, oh, well, he's got ties. He's definitely going there. But I do think Florida State's pretty active here. Obviously, a major position of need and a really, really good player. Won some, won some all-conference awards. Led UCF in tackles. Again, UCF had a little bit of a down year this year. Um, their quarterback was injured for most of it. And so you kind of understand that. But led a pretty good defense uh, in tackles. And... um you know, would certainly be a, a very welcome um, addition uh, in that room for Florida State. I don't really have any inside info to say that he's definitely come in or anything like that, but I know there's a ton of smoke around it. I think that Florida State, you know, there's some optimism from them as well. So we'll kind of see uh, what happens. But, uh, you know, no real inside info, just know somebody that I know that would be a big, big addition for FSU. Yeah, he's, he's a day one starter for sure if he comes to Florida State. Oh, yeah. Um, and he might be your best linebacker from day one as well, either him or probably Kalen Deloach. Um, like you said, Randy Shannon recruited him to UCF. You have that. Um, I just think there's a lot going for you for you in Florida State's favor right here. Uh, and again, big position of need. You think uh, wide receivers were probably the worst unit on the offensive side of the ball. I think linebackers as a whole – we're probably the worst unit on the defensive side of the ball. And, uh, you know, if you can bring in help, you know, day one help to come in and start, absolutely sign me up. Uh, it's, you know, three and a half hours up the road. To, and like you said, he, his most recent game, he uh, led the team in tackles in a win over UF. So that, that's just, uh, you know, the cherry on top. So definitely hope the staff, um, if they identify him as someone they definitely want, that they can bring him in because, again, instant help and a day one starter on, on that side of the ball. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, also, while you talk about linebackers, shout out Kalen Deloach. I know some linebackers made some big strides this year. Uh, nobody bigger than him. We had Rob on the spaces like a week or so ago. Um, you know, shout out that kid because, you know, a room that just was not up to the Florida State standard by any means at all, a room that has taken more heat than any other position group, well, outside of offensive line, the last five years. Um, Kalen Deloach really, really um, – stepped up and, and was, was that guy toward the end of the year. So shout out Kalen. Um, not the only guy. I mean, there was a lot of guys that made plays, but you just think about the safety against Boston college. He was in it, you know, all the time against Florida. He was just a big, big piece of, of what Florida state did in their turnaround of the season. So I didn't even have that in the notes, but shout out to Loach. Um, all right. A couple of, uh, a couple of things here, some news from some FSU signees not on campus just yet, but they should be this week. Um, you want to do this? Do you want to, uh, why don't you do these? I've been doing all, all the, uh, transfers <laughs> unless you're out yeah, of breath so or I don't know if the Omarcon's killing you or not. I keep going. I just feel like I've talked to you. Yeah. I need to save my uh, <laughs> breath for a segment coming up here, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, we have several signees that are participating at the Under Armour All American game and practices. Um, AJ Duffy, the quarterback signee from IMG out of California, um, Man, he's been really impressive. This this is just an excerpt from a 247 article. It says Duffy's been the top quarterback in each practice this week and then won the accuracy challenge earlier today with a score of 44. For context, the next closest to him was Connor Wiegman with a score of 14. 
Um, so yeah, he, he's clearly having a pretty good week out there. Um, really excited to see him play at two o'clock on ESPN today. And in a couple other Florida state signees, we have Julian Armella and Jalen early two offensive linemen. We just discussed uh, about that room getting much better. They'll be participating in that game as well at, at two o'clock today on ESPN again. So maybe halftime of the Bucks game, I'll flip it over and catch a little Duffy and see what's going to be the future of Tallahassee. Um, yeah, no, that's exciting for somebody that uh, other people have said like, oh, he played IMG, played with a bunch of all-stars, blah, 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 blah. Glad to see that he's really getting the recognition and just going out to these camps and absolutely uh, lighting them up. So I'm excited for him for sure. Um, another one, we've got uh, Julian Armella um, and Jalen Early. Oh, sorry, you already mentioned this. Did you just mention <laughs> Armella and Early or no? Yeah, yeah. So they've had a solid week. Games at two. Um, Game- yeah. yeah. So um, it'll be interesting to, to check that out. I, I don't know why – you know, Under Armour thinks it's a good idea to compete with the NFL for this game, but I'm sure some people, some diehards will, will be watching the whole thing. Josh was talking about that. Are they, uh, you know, are the uh, all-star games dying? And, you know, I, I don't, uh, I don't know. I think bowl season might be, but, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. going up against the NFL is not the, not their, not their best move. Do this on Monday afternoon. Everybody's off tomorrow. Everybody's off tomorrow because the holiday is on a weekend and you usually get like Monday or Friday off. So like you should have just, anyway, I I don't make these decisions. Um, All right. I think it's time. I think it's time for my favorite part of the, uh, of the show. We've got big prayers up that Richie can actually get through this. Hey, if you're not, um, If you've got a business, let me just put a little plug out there. If you've got a business or something, like this is the best part of our show. And hopefully Florida State will keep winning and we'll keep doing these. But if you sponsor this and you want to get your business's name out there, we'll do this win, loss, or draw. Like it doesn't matter. So anyway, slide in my DMs if you want to get in on this action because this is everyone's favorite. Uh, We're going to start clipping these videos and throwing them up on YouTube because they're pretty good too. Um, But I just got a DM. Let's see here. No, it just says Happy New Year's. <laughs> um, I was excited about that for a minute. Uh, without further ado, the best part of the show, Richie's Basketball Minute. After 18 days of COVID-related cancellations and postponements, the Sibyls were back in action, taking the Leonard Hamilton Road Show to Raleigh, North Carolina. As the Tribe took on Tobacco Road, it was a tumultuous start as NC State stormed out to a 12-5 lead on a Darien Seaborn trifecta. The good news would find good guys would finally settle in thanks to some early buckets from the Philly Phenom Naheem McLeod. Then, with the Tribe down 24-21, Caleb General Mills attacked the tin and lowered a tomahawk slam directly on top of the Pax Turquavion Smith. With the first half winding down, NC State was looking to build on their lead in transition, but Anthony Polite had other ideas rejecting Breon should have passed at the rim, leading to a camera on Hey Ma Fletcher laying at the other end as the Knowles would take a two-point lead to the half, up 43-41. to 41. Then, with the final 20 minutes underway, the Tribe would... The Tribe would ride the crazy train a bit with Malik Ozzy Osbourne dropping 10 points in a six-minute span, keeping the Knowles in the game. It would take everything in the tank for the Tribe to hold off what turned out to be just a two-man wolf pack, with Seaborn and Smith combining for 55 of NC State's 81 total points. 
Finally, with the Noles hanging on to a two-point lead with 8.4 ticks on the clock and the Pack looking to tie or take the lead, it was the Kentucky transfer Cameron stealing the inbound pass, leaving NC State down and out. But not before some drama in Vegas as Durant Seaborn launched one from half court at the buzzer, cutting the Noles' margin of victory from five to two. An extremely bad beat for anyone who had the Garnet and Gold minus three, but I digress. Noles win their first conference game of the season on the road, no less, as they turn their sights to a Tuesday night trip back to the back of the road to take on the Demon Beacons of Wake Forest. It was about time that we got a win in basketball. Um, taking 18 days off, a couple of the, well, I guess we won that last one against like whoever that terrible team was. Let's go, yeah. But it was about time to, to beat a good, I don't know if they're a good team. Uh, you know, yeah, suck it, Hunter. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it was, it felt good to get, you know, a respectable win, a conference win. Never easy to go on the road in the ACC and win in no. conference, no matter who you're playing. And for somewhat of a, um, tough season that we've had um to start i mean that that was a nice a nice way to do it so um yeah it was, it was kind of the opposite of some of these games we lost when you think about syracuse came where, back yeah yeah where north carolina state went up i think it was like 58 to 51 and, and they were really starting to pull away and florida state just hung around uh i was not expecting a, a game where both teams scored in the 80s especially coming off that long break um, but definitely a big win. Like you said, any ACC road win, I don't care if it's Boston College, Wake Forest, whoever the worst team in the ACC is, it's a good win. Um, you know, Duke, Carolina with their five stars, they always lose on the road in the ACC at least once, right? Because that's usually that hard to do. Yeah, they, usually to us. But, I mean, <laughs> usually in the tuck. <laughs> but they'll lose to a bad team like a Wake Forest oh, yeah. or Georgia Tech or something. Um, but yeah, a great win to get things back started. Um, again, that we want to get to the tournament and hopefully – you know, this Omicron burns through all of college basketball and, and we can have some, uh, you know, uninterrupted uh, at least, you know, five, six, seven, eight game stretch here. But definitely excited. Team played well, showed some resolve. Uh, very happy with Coach Ham and, and the team after that one. Yeah, no, no doubt. Good win for them. Uh, FSU's women's team was supposed to play today. Their game against Syracuse got canceled um, and they um, – are not uh are not playing that so uh a, a little bit of a slow time for fsu uh athletics you know football's heavy with the um uh, with the uh, transfer portal and recruiting and stuff like that but not a lot going on elsewhere uh, swimming and diving has a competition on thursday i believe against texas a and uh women's basketball plays clemson on thursday the men um, have Wake Forest Tuesday, Louisville Sunday. I'm sorry, Louisville Saturday at home. And so um, excited to kind of get some of these other sports rolling. I know that tennis starts really soon. I know that we had Jennifer Hyde on a ton, FSU's women's tennis coach. Uh, men's tennis brought in the number one recruiting, number one ranked recruiting class. And so excited for some of these other sports to start. And then before long, you know, we'll have meat back on here to, uh, talk a little baseball and Lonnie to talk some softball because that won't be too far from uh, getting kicked off. Um, Richie mentioned this, but I wanted to mention this as well. We did. We added a couple of writers to uh, the team. Um, also, uh, I didn't really know what title to give him, but we're going to call him a content specialist. We added Dane Draper, who was interning with the Osceola um, as kind of a recruiting guy for us. You know, um, 
Dane is a student in Tallahassee, will be at Florida State soon. But uh, Dane does a fantastic job. And, uh, you know, his uh, Jared Verse article, his interview that he did with Jared um, had more views than anything else we've ever had on the website. I know that people just die for the recruiting news. But, uh, yeah, everything you and I have written, Richie, that one blew it out of the water. Uh, We also added – Uh, Mike Ferguson, who has written for well over a decade. Um, Mike was the owner of the Daily Knoll, and he brought over kind of daily updates um, for FSU Athletics. He's going to be doing some anniversary-type stuff. Wrote something yesterday on January 1st, how it was the 20th anniversary of Valentine Bear Bryant. Um, so just try to add some more content. You know, we do the podcast once a week. We enjoy that. We like interacting with you guys on social media, but, um, we have always stayed pretty focused on all FSU sports. We know that football is, is really what kind of brings people to the table, but we really want to continue to cover and talk about all FSU athletics. And Mike does a fantastic job of that. Put an uh, article out this morning called Seminole Sunday sauce. Um, and that's kind of a recap and a look ahead to the week that uh, uh, we've had previously and then what's upcoming. So check out those two guys, Mike Ferguson and Dane Draper, who we added. And then we added Sean Lawson, um, owns a digital marketing company. He's going to be helping us with some website stuff as well as some video um, for social media. So excited about adding him and bringing him on the team as well. Uh, but three new year, new year, new us, We're really the same us, but with a few new additions. Uh, so shout out those guys. Um, if you go to our Instagram, you can see uh, those guys that we added. If you go to Twitter and scroll back in the media section, you can see them as well, but we tweet a lot. So you have to kind of scroll back for a minute. Um, college football playoff. All right. Bama UGA. I will have another show before that. So we can talk about that a little bit more next week, but Thoughts on uh, thoughts on the let's do this. Thoughts on the two games that just happened: um, Bama, uh, Cincinnati, and then Michigan, Georgia. Um, I don't know if there's too much other bowl action you want to talk about, but anyway, we we can talk about whatever you want. <laughs> we can also let you go since yeah. you're sick. But uh, thoughts on the playoff? Yeah, well, I'll get real, real quick. The tr- shout out to Cincinnati, right? The, the, I know what the final score was, but the, they made that a game, and, and that Cincinnati defense they they were impressive to me. If that quarterback and pe- people said he was a first round talent, he, if that's the case, he lost millions of dollars during that game because I know it's Alabama and they're bringing pressure, but he just was terrible. Um, and then the Georgia game, I turned it off at the half at, at that point. We, we just started watching New Year's stuff because it, we, it was clear that Michigan had no shot in, at all in that one, at least with the Alabama game, it, you know, Cincinnati made it interesting. Um, although once Alabama got to like 17 points, you kind of felt Cincinnati was out of it because they just couldn't move the ball on offense or they couldn't put the ball in the end zone. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, not the two greatest semifinals, but people can say what they want about the BCS, this system, whatever. We typically always get the two best teams in the country. And I think that's the case again this year. We have the two best teams in the country playing for a national title. I think it's going to be an outstanding game and I'm, I'm excited for it. Um, Dude, I got a lot of Alabama fans upset with me for saying this, but I thought Georgia was a more impressive team on Saturday night. Yeah. And maybe Alabama kind of like held stuff back and knew that they could play pretty vanilla and beat Cincinnati. That's not a shot at Cincinnati, but it just is the truth of the matter, right? Yeah. Um, I thought Alabama – I thought 
Georgia was much better. I thought the wake-up call that they got, that's not to say they beat Alabama, but I did see they were a slight favorite going into that game. Um, And they look great. And I I know that Alabama is, Michigan is not Alabama. And, uh, but they looked like the team that we had seen all season. And uh, their their offense was, yeah, exactly. He was incredible. They're, but just everything was good. Their yeah. defensive line is just ferocious. They can run the ball. Cesar Bennett looked really, really good. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest problem was that they, I, you know, the 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 way to beat Bama, right? No, you know, very easy. Uh, is to put pressure on Bryce Young, you know, and they yeah. really sat back and let him pick him them apart. And I think they're going to bring a lot more pressure. I don't know. Maybe they didn't show that look because not that they would just see the SEC championship because if they'd have won the SEC championship. Alabama was out, and then yeah. it would be Georgia would have had a cakewalk to get it. Like who would have been, who would have been the fourth Notre Dame? Notre Dame was oh, yeah, that yeah. Have, So yeah, like I don't think that. Um, Man, they just lost Oklahoma State. Yeah, I, I I think that I think that Georgia went out and tried to win. Like don't don't get me yeah. wrong, but I, I always thought that Georgia played that game better than that seventeen point final result was. You know, Georgia turned the ball over three times. Um, inside the red zone, two on uh, one interception – or no, I'm sorry, did it twice. One was an interception, one was a turnover on downs. Um, so t- took two scores off the board right there and threw a pick six in three consecutive drives, right? Three consecutive drives where you um, turn the ball over inside the red zone twice. Just say those are field goals. Just say – like that's six points right there, right? And probably one or two is a touchdown, but say that's six points there and then your pick six. Well, that's a 13-point. That's 13-point swing right there in three drives. And – that's the difference in the game, right? They end up losing by four. It's a lot different. So I thought they played better than the final result was. I, I thought Alabama stepped up and made really big plays when they had to. And Georgia didn't make the big plays. I'll say this. If they lose a turnover battle again by four, they're not going to win, right? Like Alabama's no. going to win. Or three, I'm sorry. But it really was four if you count like fourth downs as well. But, um, yeah, I think that Georgia – is, I don't know. I, it's hard to bet against Saban, but I think it's going to be a great game. Yeah. I mean, I think we're well, going to get a great game yeah. next Monday night. Well, I think with the Cincinnati-Alabama game, it was tricky because it, it's one of those things where Saban knew early on that they weren't going to have to do much, right? You know, it, it, every other coach in the country, but I'll put it this way, if the roles were reversed, if Cincinnati had the ball up 7-3 on their own two-yard line on fourth and goal, they're probably going to go for it, right? Saban's like, nah, I could probably get this, but let me just take the points and – you know, just methodically win this game. It, it reminded me a lot of that Florida State-Alabama game in 2017 where Saban realized that we just couldn't move the ball and he was perfectly happy not trying to score a bunch of points, just shorten the game and, and get out of here. Um, and, you know, Saban, it, it's funny. You saw the picture of him after the game. He couldn't care less about that game. He's like, whatever, get me to the national title. This yeah. this is a joke. I don't care about I don't. He didn't even want to be at the trophy presentation after that game. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um I think I got Georgia. Is Harlan in here uh, in the private chat? TJ wants UGA so bad. Roll Tide. Um, yeah, I, I would rather UGA win, but uh, I, I it's hard to bet against Saban. I'll tell you this. If yeah. both teams play up to their potential, I think Georgia's a better team. I think Georgia's the yeah, better team this year. I think that Saban's a better coach and knows how to exploit weaknesses better, and he was able to do that. Um I also didn't love UGA's game plan. I thought they should have gotten after uh, Bryce Young a little bit more instead of sitting back, yeah. letting him kind of pick them apart. 
I think that's something that'll change in the championship game, but uh, we'll talk about that more on uh, next week's show. Um, Richie, do you have any shout outs before we get? I think that's it. Uh, NFL today. We'll watch, you know, all the games. It's crazy how many teams are still active, like for the playoffs. So that's a lot of fun. Um, Oh, I did want to talk about this. I don't want to go real deep into it. You guys can just go back and listen because I don't want these to just be a recap of the FSU spaces that we do every single day. But if you'll go to patreon.com slash FSU spaces um, and everything's free there. We did interviews this week with Kenyatta Watson, Ryan Barto, Omar Graham was on, Dylan Gibbons had an incredible interview. We chatted with Dane Draper about his interview with Jared Burst, and we had Michael Alford on, FSU's AD, who obviously a friend of the show here. Um, they were all fantastic, and we really picked up a lot of insight on Kenyatta and Ryan's recruiting process. We talked a lot with Alford about what his strategy and mission is going to be. We talked a ton. This is Friday's episode. Go to patreon.com slash FSU spaces. Check out Friday's episode. With Scroll forward like 30 minutes. He was phenomenal. He talked a lot about the culture that Norvell's building. He talked a lot about his charity. Uh, he was on uh, College Game Day yesterday. He was previewing that a little bit. We don't get anything for you going to Patreon. Again, every link is free. I'm not trying to get you to sign up. I'm not asking for your money. Go donate your money to Dylan's charity. Like, that's what I want you to do, right? I don't need any of it for myself. But it, it, they're really, really cool interviews. And again, you don't get anything. You don't, I'm not trying to sell you something. But go check them out. Really, really cool stuff. Um, I did. If we had more time, I wanted to talk a little bit about Dylan's interview. But just go listen to it. Like, that's all you got to do. But I do love Dylan Gibbons. He's amazing. So. Go check that out. Uh, that's my shout out for today. Um, the FSU spaces that we do. We'll be back on Monday and we'll do them again. If you are watching this and you're not on Twitter, or you can't find a link, shoot me a message, shoot the uh, podcast a message, and I'll get you a link to um, everything we've had going on. So do you have any shout outs before we get on here? Uh, yeah. Shout out to all the quarantine listeners, right? We're, we'll all get through this together. <laughs> you sound like Newberg, bro. Going on with your uh, your shout out to the shout out to the quarantine listeners, shout out to the bathroom listeners. Um, all right, cool. Well, we will be back next Sunday, um, hopefully to talk about a couple more FSU commits, at least one uh, that we really, really uh, after hard, and uh, we will certainly talk a ton about the national championship. Um, excited for that game next Monday. Sucks that college football is coming to a close, but uh, we do have another bowl. I think there's a bowl game on Tuesday. Uh, one more bowl game and then the national championship on uh, next Monday, which we're excited for. We will be back. Check out doublefriesnoslaw.com uh, as we have daily content going there, as well as a little bit of recruiting insight from Dane. And we will see you guys next Sunday. Until then, go Noles. <laughs>